0: Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show, as usual, that we review yesterday's slate a little bit. It was interesting. Talk a little bit about today's slate, maybe. Maybe not that much. I don't know. Uh, and uh, answer your DFS strategy questions. I'm always in the YouTube chat every morning. Good morning, people. Matt Mears, Apocalypse, Frederick Dude, Card Fan, Joe Mac, 0058, First Round Exit, Suki Singh. <coughs> it's a, it's a, <coughs> a little coffee morning. Uh, not Not coffee coffee, apple juice, right? I'm coughing, but I'm not drinking the coffee. So keep my apple juice cold by hitting that thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, hit the notification bell, hit the hit the subscribe button, hit the hit, just hit the hit a bunch of stuff. Just take your mouse and just tap everywhere. It helps us out. Uh, yesterday, yesterday was, uh, how did I not win yesterday? That's going to be the question. That's going to, that's going to be the theme. How did I not win yesterday? I had everything. I had everything that, that was needed. I just didn't have a lineup with all of them in it. Like, it just seemed seemed like that that I made all the right choices and it just didn't all get in there. Like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Uh, because uh, my, my my top exposed stacks were Boston and Philadelphia. And, and I had some, I had Tampa Bay, I had Meadows, I had Kiermaier, right? I, I had guys like that. I had Boston stacks out, out the wazoo. I got McCutcheon. I got Bill. I got Brad Miller. How does it not all get in one lineup, right? I had pitchers. I had I had, I had Dola. I had Pavetta. I had I had, I even had some Irvin. And he put up thirty five points. I had Kyle Gibson. How, how does it not all get in one lineup? Well, I'll tell you how because the Philadelphia stack didn't get there, right. So I had plenty of Philadelphia. I had Philly stacks, but like Hoskins didn't get there. Real Muto didn't get there. I mean, it pretty much was, was Miller and and McCutcheon, but I had like Gregorius in that lineup or Boehm in that lineup. Yeah, five, seven points, but that's not going to help you. That's not going to get you all the way to the, the promised land. And then I have Boston stacks, but I don't have Austin Meadows in that. I don't I don't have Austin Meadows as a one-off in the Boston stacks. Or I have Austin Meadows, but I have Mike Miner, nine points or whatever in my SV2 spot with Nola. So it's like, uh, I still couldn't get there. So it's like, like you get all the pieces. I played 90 lineups yesterday and it seemed like, I'm looking, I'm looking at my sheet, my little crib sheet that I did. Like, how do I, how do I not get there? I had Boston, I had Philadelphia. I also had Baltimore, I had San Diego, Seattle. That, that, that didn't work out. That may have been the reason, right? All, all those players kind of infected everyone. I I went way under on Atlanta, way under on Washington, right? It went all bunch, let's see, what else? Uh, it did, didn't take that many Yankees. I had some Stanton. How come that didn't get in those lineups? I don't know. How do I lose? How, how do I go like five times the field in Boston? That's the stack that wins and I don't have I don't have the right combinations. Well, the, welcome to DFS, people. That's that's what large field play is, right? Like Houston, Houston didn't do that badly, but it was primarily Bregman, right? Bregman and Brantley, the whole stack. The five man didn't get there, Right. It was primarily primarily Boston, and I had plenty of Boston, just not the right pieces around it. Uh, so a little frustrating. I mean, I, I I I did fine yesterday, made some money, but not much, right? Not much. Uh, but yesterday, uh, the big thing yesterday was what's going to happen with that that Mets Cardinals game. I don't know. Should it have been postponed based on the weather forecast? It sh- probably shouldn't have been. We had the drum originally. Early in the day, Jacob DeGrom was going to be mega chalk, right? Obviously. And then he gets scratched for a side. I don't know what that means. A side. Now, the only thing I know about sides are like mashed potatoes and, and green beans, right? Those are sides. Did he get scratched because he didn't like the sides that he got from KFC or something? I don't know. What does that mean, side? I don't know. I, I, it probably means something. I just didn't look at it. All I saw was in the parentheses. It said side. It was like... what the whole side everything's right okay whatever so then Castro and the bullpen was going to pitch and then Oviedo was going to pitch for the for the, the Cardinals who know how who knows how long he was going to go I looked at the projections Oviedo projected decently uh you didn't you wouldn't play Castro he's going to pitch but two innings uh but the batting projections on both sides of the game were not were not were not anything to write home about so instead of instead of worrying about it I just xed them out of my pool I just said screw it I'm not even gonna bother right there was enough low- owned stuff I wanted to play Boston I wanted to play Philadelphia uh, so I didn't I didn't care about that game so I just said is it worth it? there there's plenty of low owned stuff that I' is, is should I take the risk in any of my lineups if I was gonna do that obviously you you play stacks only okay that's that's what you should be doing most of the time I mean, yeah, you could you could be risky and play them as one-offs. But if the game gets postponed, then obviously you gets you stuck with like zeros and, and other lineups. You're playing 90 lineups and like 40 lineups are dead because you know, well, 20 of them are stacks, but the other 20 lineups have like one off Paul DeJong or one off uh, Dominic Smith or whoever. So I, that's why I just X'd them out. Just X' them out completely. So if it was postponed. I'm like, okay. There's some dead lineups in my contest. How do I how do I make the right how do I take the right teams? I have enough of the right pitchers. Uh, I still don't. And and ten percent of the lineups in the contest are dead, and I and I still I still can't win. I still can't get up there. Right. This is just, but this is normal. I'm complaining for entertainment purposes. This it's hard. <laughs> get the right combinations. But that was the, but that was the main thing yesterday. So once Degrom gets put the taken off the slate. Now, obviously, uh, ownership's going to go down to, like, Bauer and and Nola. And the issue that I had with Bauer, and I still play plenty of Bauer, was that he was pitching on four days rest. Now, normally we know Bauer as the guy that could go 120 pitches. They're playing a seven-inning game. That, in typical fashion, you would go, well, he could pitch seven innings and get the complete game, right? Because you get the points for that, even though the game's only seven innings. But in the back of my mind, I'm like four, four, four days rest. Should, should we predict Bauer for 105, 110 pitches? I'm not sure. He's still strikeout wise. He's still probably the best play, best pitcher on the slate. But I didn't go overboard. I knew, I knew the field would. But I didn't go over. I still, I still had. I think I had 30 percent Bauer. So it's not, it's not like I had none of them, right? Then he had Nola, and so, so basically, a lot of people were building Bauer Nola lineups with cheap stacks, with cheaper stacks. Tampa Bay was cheap. Washington was cheap. Uh, Atlanta wasn't cheap, but if people were going to pay up for anything, it was going to be Atlanta. And we saw that with Freeman. It's look, Turner at shortstop. Acuna, 13%. Sal Perez, I guess, on the Royals. The Royals were owned way more than I thought they would be. I uh, didn't have much of them. But that was going to be the construction—the Bauer Nola, the double stud construction. So whenever the double—I I love the double stud construction. When that—that's when you get your, your your vomit stacks. But not when it's going to be. That's that's what most people are doing. That's not what, when that the popular construction is that. So I, I flip it the other way. I go. People aren't going to play expensive stacks. Boston was an expensive stack. It's not as expensive as it would have been if Devers was in the lineup. Originally, I was like, okay, well now I get. JD Martinez, Bogarts, Endeavors, and they're all five K plus. Like, not many people are playing this because you pretty much you can't play Bauer, Nola. You barely play one of them in that type of lineup. So that that was my thinking there. Phillies, it's a similar situation. You're paying up for Rimuto. You're playing paying up for uh, for Hoskins. Hoskins was a little over five K. People weren't going to really do that, but for a ceiling, I'll take I'll take three four percent on Phillies. Against Eric Lauer, who's not really that great of a soft tossing lefty, right? In Philadelphia. I'll take that. So I had to find other pitchers. So, I mean, like Pavetta, Pavetta always scares the hell out of me. I still play plenty of Pavetta. But I also played a couple of Tiger stacks also, like against him. I played a lot of Mike Miner. He only had eight points. But, I mean, Brick75 played a bunch. A lot of most people played some Miner. He was the fourth most high-owned pitcher. I played some hap, right? Mister Good Seats and Brick Seventy Five played. He, he didn't really get there, twelve points, right? I played some Kyle Gibson. Yay! Not many people play Kyle Gibson. Not many people played. Where's Irvin? Cole Irvin, two percent owned. Like really, no one did. The main reason I was I was playing Gibson and Irvin is because uh, the Twins and the Blue Jays, right? The Blue Jays. Uh, Uh, the the Twins, the Blue Jays, the, the Oakland uh, like those teams didn't project all that well in the bat. So when when I'm looking at a team that I'm like, I'm not even considering stacking like those teams did not project well, and they were not under owned. So those are the cases where I just, I don't play, I don't play them. So if I'm not going to play them, it's like, well, I'm playing a bunch of lineups. well, Well, who's the pitcher against them? Do they project horribly no they don't project all that well so I decided to take some Gibson take some urban not a ton I had them like 10 10 percent or something just to throw them in but minor was my minor Pavetta no I mean I, I had the truck pictures my Bauer Nola Pavetta minor half Gibson urban no no the Nelson lament uh, apparently decolts decided to take that chance in a third of his lineups. I couldn't possibly see lament going past it at best 70 pitches at best. Right. I think the last he threw a bullpen session of like 30 pitches a couple of days ago or something, something like that's what I saw. So he threw 30 pitches in a self. I, I, I don't know. I could like at, at his price. And it's probably, I mean, his ceiling, you, you need him to pitch at least five innings for the win. So I'm like, 70? What's his max? So, so that's why a lot of people didn't have him. He was 9% owned. I, I When I saw his ownership at 9%, I said, thank you for paying the rick Right? There was a chance, right? If you wanted to take a shot on Lamette and say, maybe just... He's fully fine. They're just going to let him go 100 pitches? Because they normally don't even let him go 100 pitches when he's healthy. If you want to take that shot, okay. There's a risk-reward there, especially if Bauer and Nola get blown up. But that's the problem. You have two of these ace pitchers here. So you need the situation where both of them die. And then, and, that, and Lamette scores enough. So I too, too much stuff have to go right. So I just x would him out. No point in that. I understand playing Cobb against the chalk Rays. He was 23 points. Okay, that's fine. Right? So I get it. But I mean, you see here that typically the chalky pitchers are the the ones that the sharp players use. Right? I know Gudsab, a little under on Bauer, Brick under on Bauer. I can see being under on Bauer because of the four days rest. You still ended up being 44% on though. But the truck, the truck stacks were, I mean, as as I predicted. Other than the 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 Royals, the Royals were way more owned than I thought. Which is fine because I didn't play much of them. So that's perfectly fine to me. We had Atlanta. We had some some Washington. But a lot of that was Trey Turner, Josh Bell, I guess. Yeah, they weren't that owned. They were a little bit less owned than I thought. But it was pretty much Atlanta. Atlanta and the Royals? The, I mean, look, Dozier was 14%. Ben 13%. Soler, 10%. Perez, 9%. Merrifield, 9%. Well, Merrifield's not cheap. Right? Kind of weird. The Royals got that much ownership. I don't know, just to me at least, not based on my projections. Based on the bat, it's not like they were projected all that well. They were doing okay. They were fine, but they were also cheap. I mean, outside of outside of Sal Perez, they they were cheap enough. Like I played some Ben I, I mean, I still had Royals in my in my lineups, just not as a stack. But the Braves disappointed. So like, then that that destroyed a ton of lineups, and I went under on the Braves. I still had some of them. I still had Acuna in some lineups. I still had Freeman, right? I still had. Doesn't mean I d- d- don't play any of them. I get it. They project well. They're fine. And then Tampa Bay. Like, like to me, I, I, it was basically Atlanta, then KC, and then Tampa Bay. I understand why Meadows, I mean, Meadows had two home runs at 14% ownership. I mean, he was one of the highest, I mean, one, two, Three, four, fifth—the fifth highest owned batter, next to Freeman, Contreras, Dozier, Turner, and Meadows. Like I understand Turner because <coughs> a shortstop, Dude, filling in the you're probably paying up at shortstop. Tatis ended up not being in the Padres lineup. Not saying that he was going to be popular anyway. But I understand a Bo Bichette, uh, you know, a Turner, a Bogarts. I get it. I just a Dozier. Like, I thought Meadows would actually be more on than this. I thought the Rays would be a little bit more. I thought the Rays would be the, after the Braves, the Chalkies team. So we get a lot of Meadows, a lot of uh, Brandon Lowe. Like, where did he go? I mean, it's an 8.7% owner. I mean, it's yeah, it's an 11-game slate. We see here the, the Red Sox, 7%. 6%, 6%, 5%. They should have been higher. I mean, they the reason they weren't higher-owned is because people were trying to jam in Bauer and Nola together. But I don't see why you can't play one of those and Pavetta and then play a Boston stack. They had one of the highest team totals on the slate. They had one of the highest ceilings in the bat, and they were under-owned. They, they were one of the most positive leverage stacks according to Slate IQ on rotogram and that's what. That's essentially what I did. Boston and Philadelphia were the two highest leverage stacks, meaning that their chance of being the winning GP in the winning GPP lineup as a four or five man stack, the percentage of that is higher than what they will be owned. That's it. That's all you're looking for in DFS. That's why I played. I mean, that's what. It, and their ceilings were well projected. Stuff like Atlanta. Atlanta was like the highest chance of being in the winning lineup. I get it, but they were probably going to be overowned. They ended up being kind of efficiently owned. They weren't as owned as I thought they would be. So that's, that's really what you're looking to do. That's why I'm, I'm taking teams, <coughs> taking teams, taking pictures, mixing them together. Plus EV lineups and whatever happens happens. Minor was fifteen percent owned. Okay, I, I I'm fine with. That. I I had fifty percent. I had fight way more. I had tons of Mike Minor. So I was also making a lot of lineups that didn't have Bauer or Nola in it. Pavetta, Minor, Hap, Pavetta, and and. But I mean, when you get twelve points from pitcher or nine points from pitcher, I mean when nola puts up 30 in pavetta like nola pavetta even Bowen Profeta, like like 36 to 40 points you needed a pitcher at total in total so when one of them only has like 10 points you're going to be you're going to be way behind so i didn't get the right combination so maybe maybe i failed more at pitcher than i did than i did at the bats so i still have plenty of bad bats i had seattle stacked i had baltimore stacked Houston stacks that didn't get there, right? Like the team, the team did fine, but like all the production was only in like one or two guys. So the stack doesn't really get there. Looking in the YouTube chat. Let's see. Dustin Bazell said, Boston Detroit 5-3 got you there. Yeah, well, Detroit, Pavetta did well, actually. And then Detroit killed their bullpen. Did decently against Pavetta, but Pavetta still got like eight or nine strikeouts. Tim Williams, DFS. Do you ever look at plate IQ when making certain decisions? No. You answered your own question. In your, I know it's baked into projections, but for example, Carlos Santana appears to have a good IQ versus Bieber today and could be leveraged. Well, if he does, if he would project whatever his projection is. It's already in there what you're doing tim is looking at one of 300 variables that go into projections and maybe what you're looking at only matters 0.7%. 0. 0.7% 0. maybe. whatever whatever stat you're looking at. maybe that's what the actual weight of what you're looking at should be. well you're looking at it and you're going oh i'm going to bump this guy up 20 30%. No, the model already takes into account how much that matters. Whatever you're looking at, how much it matters. So no, then why would I want to look? I don't want to look at. I don't want to look at anything that's already in the projections because then all of, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to ruin my bias. You can't just say, oh, they project well, and they project well, and like this other, like it's already it's already in there. Uh, Michael Dampier says I did a few Mets uh, cardinal stacks in large field tournaments, just in case when it was postponed, you knew the risk. Yeah. And that, that's what you do. Me personally, there were tons of other spots. Like even if that game was clear, like uh, I may, have, I may have not even, I may have not played stacks from the game anyway. So that's to me that that's, that's what I viewed it as. And yes, there were going to be people that were going to, the ownership's going to start going down once that risk starts going up, so so you may get to a level where they're so low owned that you might as well take a shot. Me to me, it never got to that level. To me, it's like, do I should I should I spend ten out of my ninety lineups on this, or should I play more Red Sox or Phillies or or whoever I play? Should I play more Seattle? I saw that there was low owned stuff then anywhere everywhere. So like okay, so then I don't have to bother with it. So I don't have to think about it. Question. I'm starting to use Slate IQ a lot more. Understand that the slate, the slate IQ uses the Plate IQ Roto-Grinders projections and ownership. Understand like the winning percentage are all based around the Plate IQ projections, not the bat projections. That's one, one big thing. So you may have to adjust it mentally. So I look to see what the difference is. The bat has so many different other variables that... Some of these teams and some of these players go up or down based on what Cardi has in his model. Uh, do I use the pitcher slate IQ information? No, because the play- pitchers are just individual. They're just individual plays, so no, I treat them separately. Most of the other stuff in slate IQ is either going to be similar from slate to slate, depending on its size, or not really any any actionable information. Like if you look at the stack leverage, like it's gonna always for a 10-game slate it's gonna look the same way as any other 10-game slate. For a four-game slate, it's gonna look certain ways. You're gonna see that five man stacks aren't aren't as valuable on smaller slates. So looking at everything, all the other stuff, the only thing I looked at in slate IQ is that team stack section. Everything else is doesn't tell you much. Or it's or it's gonna be the same, ever it's going it's always gonna be the same. Ronald Coley, why did most projection systems have Lamette projected as if he's actually pitching normally? Well, the bad projection systems, I don't know. Whoever does the project whoever puts in the the pitch count needs to needs to make the adjustment accordingly. Make some type of guess at a median of how many pitches. I think Cardi had him at seven. I think Cardi had him at 70. Which still it was still for his price is horrible. If you, project, if you projected him for 90 pitches or something like he was pitching normally, like that, that's, that's aggressive. That's aggressive. I wouldn't call it wrong. I just call it aggressive. Michael Dampier says that were Royals over owned his pivots from the Mets, maybe. The Mets weren't getting that much ownership. It's not like the Mets and the Cardinals were getting that much ownership. I think it was more due to the fact that the Royals were cheap. I mean, if we take Dozier, all these guys, other than Perez all these and, and Merrifield, all these guys are like like low 3Ks, Soler and Dozier. So if you're going to build a stack, I mean, you're going to stack the Royals. You're, you're able to fit the Royals, even with Perez and, 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 and Merrifield. Like Perez and Merrifield could fit in a lineup where you're not playing Bauer, Nola, where you're playing one of those two and Pavetta. And then you play the Royals. And then you play, like, a, a one-off uh, Tampa Bay bat. Because Ben Attendee, he's also cheap, right? Yeah, I, I I think it was more due to construction. I just thought a lot of that would go to, like, Washington. Washington was cheap enough. More more overboard on Tampa Bay. I just thought more of that. I mean, Willie Adamas was 7% on batting ninth. just 2,600. But no, I don't think it had anything to do with the Mets Cardinals. Ronald Coley says Vegas even had LeMet with an eight and a half strikeout prop. You sure about that? Did he? I don't know. I don't look at strikeout props. That would have been an easy under. Could he have, got, could he have gone 90 pitches? Yes, possibly. But from all intents and purposes, purposes of what I have saw, the last time that he threw a session was 30 pitches. Okay, simulated game. No, there wasn't any simulated games. And the last time he actually threw in the, his last start, he only threw 20 pitches. So how, how much can you expect? I don't know. Maybe he just comes back and just, Pedro's knighted in the 100. You're right. There's a percentage of the time that happens. I think most of the time it doesn't. Pops sixty eight seventy. 70 Pops. How you doing, Pops. Blender, on the bat stacks, I noticed the five-man stacks have a lot of the three outfielders. How do you determine which one to take out? I go back to plate IQ and take out the lower rating. You know which one I take out? Whichever way, whichever way it fits. <laughs> that, that's, that's just the way. Whichever way it works out. Typically, salary-wise. I'm not, manu- I'm not manually going in and taking people out. I'm using a tool. I'm telling it, give me a bunch of stacks and let me take a look at them. Right, that, that's what I'm doing. So I'm not manually going in. I'm not picking guys one at a time. I'm building lineups all at once. So there's, there's, I'm not doing I'm not even doing that. Which one do you determine to take out? I'm not, I didn't take out anyone. I didn't put them in to begin with. I'm telling, I'm telling I'm, I'm telling a tool, give me out of, out of my 90 lineups, give me, give me 18% Boston, and let me take a look at them. Right? Sometimes I and sometimes I have three outfields. Sometimes I have three outfielders from the same team some, in order to get diversification. I'm not I'm not opposed to using three outfielders from the same team in your stack. Just understand that it locks you out from the nuts sometimes. So a percentage of the time, if you played a if you played a Boston stack with all three outfielders, right? If you had Verdugo, Renfro, and Martinez. That means you couldn't have Meadows double-dong or McCutcheon double-dong yesterday, which means your Boston stack wouldn't have won first place, right? You would have had the right team. You would have rather had Marwin Gonzalez's five points at first base. So I don't think there was a first baseman that like he needed to have, right? So that's, that's really the mindset. doesn't mean you never do it. Just understand that when you play three outfielders from the same team, it could lock because there's more outfielders in the pool, right? Three, there's 11 games, three outfielders each for 22 teams, there's 66 outfielders. And everyone could roster three of them. So when you roster, when you roster Marwin Gonzalez, and he put him in the first base spot, and he gets seven points. Well, what did if he scored, if uh, well, Marvin Gonzalez is actually eligible at multiple positions. But let's say Reese Hoskins. I always make Reese Hoskins, Freddie Freeman. If Freddie Freeman hits a home run and you don't have him, and then you have Reese Hoskins and he hits a home run, you're fine. You're absolutely fine because no one could roster both of them in the same lineup on DraftKings. Outfielders, you could the three highest scoring outfielders can be rostered together. And some of these second base, you know, the Hunter Dozier's third base and outfield eligible. He could fit in four slots in your lineup. If Hunter Dozier went off for, for 40 points, you're probably going to need him. Because he fits in four spots. So you, if, you, if you have your third base and all three outfielder spots taken up, up doesn't matter. They had the, the right stack. You didn't have the right one off. You didn't have the opportunity to even get that one off. You have to be aware of those things. It doesn't mean that you never play three outfielders from the same team. It doesn't mean that. I'm less likely to do it. I don't necessarily love those lines. If I'm hand-building, I probably don't make a lot of those lineups. But sometimes the best, sometimes the stacks that you make, it fits in that way. Right? If you're going to play uh, Tampa Bay, Rosario, Kiermeyer, and Meadows, you do something. Okay, that works out. You play Adamas and Zunino or something. You leave the second base spot open for someone else or something. I mean, these lineups are still fine, but it could lock you out from the nuts. You're hoping on those types of lineups. You're hoping for a slate where there's not an outlier outfielder. That's not as obviously not part of your stack. You don't mind an out. You don't mind if JD Martinez puts up three home runs because he's yeah he, you have him in your Red Sox stack. You're hoping it's one of those slates where like no one no one puts up an outlier score, especially one that would be owned. Cause then it's just like as long as I as long as I get 15 points each out of, you know, 15 to 18 points each out of my outfielder spots, I'm good. Right? Something like that. But Meadows put up 34, Kiermeyer at 25, Grossman at 32. I don't know how owned he was. Most people are playing Pavetta. They're three point eight percent. Decently enough owned. So playing playing the three outfielders just locks you out of those situations. So you're just praying that's like there's no there's no outfielder that hits two home runs today. Frederick Duke makes a good point. On DK, St. Louis stacks were cheap because they were they, yes. Because they were assuming they were playing DeGrom. Yes. They were, un, they were underpriced. But they still didn't project all that well. The Mets bullpen is not that bad anymore. And also, people, oh, they're playing a bullpen game. It's like, you, it's like you'd rather, you'd rather a team face a horrible starting pitcher than a new picture every at bat. It's a misconception people have. It's like, oh, they're facing the bullpen today. This is this is, this is going to be, oh, I'm stacking this team. Well, understand that they're going to be, the, the, the opposing teams are going to be putting in a new pitcher. No batter is going to see a pitcher more than once, probably. And they'll be able to switch for matchup purposes. Lefty on lefty, right? The guy that's not good at hitting curveballs. Oh, they're going to bring in this guy. You know, like that type of thing. A starting pitcher, they want to pitch for five or six innings. You may get two, three at-bats from them. So you'd rather a garbage guy pitch in five or six innings than the bullpen the entire game. I believe the bat accounts for that. People have this conception of, oh, it's going to be the oh, the Grum's out. It's the Mets in the Mets bullpen. You're right. The Cardinals were priced as if the Grum was pitching. But they still weren't in that great of a spot. Projections showed that. I thought the same thing. I'm like, okay, the Grum's out. Let's see what the, uh, I could I could play Card, Arenado at a, you know, cheaper price, Goldschmidt or something. And then the bat updated with new projections. And it's like the Cardinals didn't, they got out, they went up. Not that dramatic, not, not really that dramatically. So I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe people are going to try to jam this team in and maybe they shouldn't. Hit the thumbs up button. Let me know if the apple juice, let me let me check. Is it cold? Okay, pretty cold. Uh Doug Montgomery, when playing the FanDuel 100 man three entry. So that's a hundred man contest, I'm assuming. You said have said played the three best three lineups. Do you worry about ownership as much? Is full stacking four four the way to go in these two? Typically, in a hundred and in, in small field contests like that, the chalk is even chalkier. So you don't even have to stack. You can play your cash lineup technically if you want. In those contests, most likely, you're at least playing one four man stack. Do you play a four four? Yeah, I mean you could. You don't have to. You there, there are multiple you, multiple ways that you could play those those types of contests. Me personal, me personally, I would just four four, just pick the two best teams and put them together with the best with whatever pitcher and be done with it. Those teams, two teams do well, you probably win a hundred man contest. You don't you don't have to worry about you know outlier one offs and stuff that you do in large field contests. But understand, you, you you could play you you could play your cash lineup in those contests. I don't think that's optimal, but it's not as suboptimal as playing in a large field contest. So something that's close to your cash you don't have to even worry about stacking if you don't want to. Sometimes it's easier though to just take two teams four for it, and most likely, even if you have two zeros in your lineup, you could still win one of those contests. Gavin Nokomovich. Had to reload this week, but I'm playing single entry. Best lineup, mainly 3-3-2 and cashed the last two nights. I don't care about cash. Never, 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 never type in that, that that you cashed. Cashing doesn't matter in GPPs. Tell me when you get in the top 10. Cashing, if you did that every night, you'd lose. You'd still lose money. I know you people are like, oh, Oh, I'm, I'm, you say you you type that in as if I'm going to congratulate you. No, I'm not congratulating you. Did you come in the top ten, where all the money is? No, then you then you then you lost. Then you survived. If you cash, that's that's survive in advance. But your goal should not be to cash. I'd rather come in last place if it means I come in first place more often. Okay. If there's anything more in the chat, feel free type it in. Are we talking to talk about today? Probably not. It's a short show today. I got I I got a meeting. Got a meeting the lineup HQ team today. Uh, I got stuff to do tonight, so I'm not playing tonight. And tomorrow is uh there's no show. There's Grinder's live. Tomorrow we got an early slate. We got an afternoon slate. So it's going to be Grinder's live tomorrow 11:30. 11:30 a.m. Yeah, Eastern. It'd be me and Grant, right? Uh, I, I that's what it says on the schedule at least. Be me and Grant tomorrow. You could always turn on that notification bell to let you know when we go live. We got NBA Grinders live tonight. Uh, we got MLB Grinders live tonight on the YouTube channel, right? So you check those out. Uh, and good, since I'm not playing tonight, I don't have to review tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's Grinders live. I don't even have to review it. I don't know what the hell's going to be going on anyway, right? What is going on tomorrow? What are, What is going on today? What do we got today? What are you, what can I give you? Is there anything? Oh, we got Bieber. We got Darvish. We got Bueller. Oh, we got We got a slate. We got a slate today. We got Brady Singer at 5,500. Lewis Thorpe. Is he going to be a thing today? What's his pitch count going to be? We got stuff going on. Oh, okay, tonight. Maybe I wish I was playing tonight. People are going to play B- Bieber Darvish. What, what's this lineup going to look like? Let's see. Let's see what this lineup looks like. Are we going to get some, a lot of Bieber Darvish? No, we can get Thorpe. Let's get Thorpe out because maybe, maybe, maybe he doesn't end up in there. Bieber Darvish, Washington, Milwaukee. Meadows is still. Thirty-four hundred for no reason. Tampa actually went down. Who's Tampa facing? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Ryan Yarborough versus versus no one. Versus no one. Who's who's pitching? Do we not know who's pitching for the Angels? We don't even have him in here. Do we? Do we, <laughs> I don't even know who's pitching for the Angels. Let's see on the lineups page. Have they now not announced a starter? Let's see where 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 are these where, where 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 they go? Oh, Otani. So Otani gonna be pitching? I don't know. We'll see. That's always the weird guy, obviously in the player pool, because it's like, is he a pitcher? Is he a batter? So I don't know if the bat has him in currently as the pitcher yet. I think Cardi Cardi has to fix that. If that's the case. The Rays, the Rays are still cheap. Washington and Atlanta. Max Fried, yeah. How yeah, Max Fried could be popular today. We have to find out what if he if he's on a pitch count, right? Let's take a look. What do we have for Freed? Chris Freed. Max Freed. Okay, I don't know what, I don't know what Cardi hasn't projected. Currently. Has. We can take a look. Let's take a look-see at the end of the show. Some people are like, oh, well, what's going on today? You talked a lot about yesterday. Well, we don't know what the hell's going on today. And to know what's going on today, you look at the projections. What's so complicated about Where's Freed? Okay, so so in the bat it's for 75 pitches. How about this Lewis Thorpe guy? Lewis Thorpe, where is he? It's 4K. 90 pitches. 90? Okay. Really? He's facing Texas, his strikeout team. So maybe Lewis Thorpe, maybe 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 Lewis Thorpe is the thing today. Maybe he is. Maybe he is, but these things, these will be adjusted throughout the day. But really, the, the the main thing for pitching, I mean, you got Bieber, you got Darvish, you got Bueller, I guess, and then Max Fried's pitch count against Washington. Because he's 6,300. Because he's not like a great pitcher or anything, but he should, if, he's pitch, if, if he's pitching 95 pitches or something, 100 pitches, he shouldn't be 6,300. But there's the bat. You can get the bat on Roto-Grinders. Extra charge there. Use it for the whole season. It's like $2.99. Use it for the whole season. I think it's way too cheap. Way. I mean, it's so ridiculously cheap. It's it's stupid. And then you get Roto-Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Get them together. And there you go. That's all you need. What else do you need? Oh, Frederick, dude, is, is there a reason the sites can't use Otani and Otani as two different players for the batter and the pitcher? I don't know. Ask them. Apparently, they can't. Apparently, DraftKings, the, the, their servers explode when that happens. Apparently. Okie dope. So I, ho- I hope you guys, like, normally, I don't wish people luck. You know that. I wish you the worst of luck because you're typically in my contest, right? We're competing against one another. If you're playing in the contest that I'm playing, now if you're playing the quarter arcade, I can't play those. Go win those all you want. But tonight, I'm not playing. So all the contests are available for you to win now. I wish you all the best of luck. Tonight, anyone that's watching, anyone in the YouTube chat, anyone hitting that thumbs up button on your way out the door, I could actually wish you good night. Good good luck. I could wish you good night also. I'm not, not, not playing tonight. I'm going out tonight. I'm going out partying, gallivanting. No, I'm not doing that. going out for a podcast recording. Soccer-related. That had nothing to do with DFS. Going out to do that and taking the night off of baseball. Then tomorrow we got early. We got early baseball and not much night baseball. So that's good. Joe Mac 0058, binked a $4, 2,000 person a couple of days ago. Never would have made that lineup without your training. Right then you see that most of the people overthink it. Stack a team, take a picture, let's go. Jam in some one-offs. Hope for the best. Let variance ride. Make sure your lineup is leveraged for the contest that you're in. That it's decently enough projected, enough projected. There you go, there you go, you're done. You're done, people, let it fly. Butterflies, let it fly. Let it fly. So let it fly tonight. In your contests, we'll see what goes on. We're not going to review it tomorrow because uh, we're going to be talking about the actual slate. I'll be on Grinders Live with Grant, uh, with, with Devin, in the morning tomorrow, 11.30 Eastern. But then, then we'll be back for Casual Friday for the show because I'm usually here, almost always, 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern, Mondays through Friday, for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com we <music>